Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear the smile in my voice today because on the other end of the line, I am ultra excited to have a, a good pal of mine, actually, and somebody who who always inspires me, Some who, somebody who's dominating my Facebook uh, 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 pages at the moment with his immersion coaching and his seeker of the truth. So Cole, I know from many years ago when he was, and what he didn't know until now is he's one of my original two percenters and for those who don't know I've just handed in a PhD thesis at Loughborough Uni 12 years in the making and I've been researching happy and positive people now one of the reasons it took me 12 years was that I spent a few years getting the wrong data so I I surveyed businesses and I would ask um, p- people in businesses how happy they were and if they rated as eight or more on a happiness scale then I would be interested and think they were really positive however what I realized after a couple of years of data is that I was gathering data on the wrong people a lot of the people who say said they were happy I followed them up in an interview and they were just weird or just mad or just in denial or they were just upsetting and annoying the people around them so then I added another question on the bottom of, of the of the survey and the question the killer question that I then asked was who else in your organization makes you feel fantastic so what I was trying to pinpoint there is people who suggest that they are happy and feeling good but also they are recognized within the business as making other people feel good as well it's what I call flourishing flourishing is when your happiness leaks out of you and is recognized by the people around you You are creating an emotional uplift and that really excited me and therefore if your name appeared three times or more as somebody in the workplace makes me feel great then I was interested because they were flourishing people and there was one standout person in my survey there was one person who until this moment didn't know but he appears 15 times as being nominated in his organization as somebody in the organization makes me feel great so he is the ultimate and the original two percenter and I'm delighted to introduce the world to Cole Mahay. Cole how are you sir? I'm very, very, very good, you know, and we haven't spoken for a few years now, Andy, and you never told me this kind of stuff, you've shown me I have no idea that so many people would have said that kind of thing. Well, but, uh, actually, it's actually confidential. I'm not supposed to be quoting things from the PhD. Well, keep it mate. quiet then. But I, but I th- well, now thousands of people Secret. know, but I think, I think it's something that, uh, well, I'm proud to know you, and I know that... Um, you'll be very proud to get that feedback. So what I would like to do, mate, is I want to go back a few years and talk about your former life, like I do with all the podcast uh, people. But I think your current life is just so... Well, your old life was pretty damn good. But the the, 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 the new one is, is, is really enlightening. Um, can I start with a quote, another quote from the thesis? And these are quotes, mate. I'm going to pepper you with some quotes from about, about 10 years ago when you were as a copper. Oh. And you said... Um, 
uh, one of the questions was why are you happy so I was trying to get under the skin of these two percenters and it's this minority of people who are shining and other people are catching that light and I, and I said so why are you happy and one of your direct quotes from back in the day is you said I'm being real to myself and I don't have to carry the extra burden of masks to suit the variety of situations I face so I can just say that again because I think it's really powerful I'm being real to myself and I don't have to carry the extra burden of masks to suit the variety of situations I face cool you probably can't even remember writing that mate but what do you mean by masks Oh, can I just say that's incredible because I still believe in that philosophy right up to this day. And it's a central part of everything that I am. Uh, authenticity is something that we all have uh, the ability to practice, but most of us don't do it because uh, society conditions us to behave in a certain way and think in a certain way. Uh, and one of the first things that we one of the things that we've all got in our houses is a mirror. We'll have a mirror in the hallway. And the reason that we have it in the hallway is that uh, before we leave the house, we want to look in the mirror to make sure that we are wearing the right mask to meet that friend, to meet that colleague, to meet the general public, to meet the lover, whoever it is that we're going to meet. Am I wearing the right mask? Am I the right person leaving this house to go into that situation to meet that individual? And I think of the, the whole concept of masks is like the layers of an onion. I very often use this analogy. So if you look at an onion, sometimes that skin is actually quite manky, but you can't actually cook anything with that onion until you peel away the skin. When you peel away the skin, what do you get to? You get this to this beautiful white onion. And when you cook, and, and I use onions a lot in my cooking, I love cooking by the way, but when you, when you cut the onion up and then you cook it, you can only do so when you've shed away all those masks and layers of the skin. And human beings are just like that. In, in our very core, we're beautiful white beings, full of light, full of energy, and we can actually transform our lives when we get down to the core. But while ever we're wearing those masks, we can't do any cooking in Dude, our lives. Dude, I'm loving it already. We're, we're two minutes in, and I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear because I think, I, I mean, that tallies with so much of, uh, you know, I've been reading up on things like Buddhism, and, and they would call that the original face. And by the original face, what they mean is that when you're born, you are born perfect and you are not trying to pretend to be anybody else. When you're a tiny baby, you don't know what colour you are, you don't know what religion you are, uh, you don't know even if you're male or female, you are just being you. And I guess ultimately what you're talking about there is is that's who we really are. So, uh, but, but life teaches us to pretend to be somebody else, doesn't it? To conform to, uh, yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I love the idea of that kind of original face and the, the clarity with which you bring to that as a concept there. Can I, can I go on to another quote, mate? And it's a beautiful thing that you said. You, and these are quotes from nine, ten years ago. And you said, um, uh, one of the questions I think was, why do you enjoy coming to work? And you responded with, when I look around, I see a spark in people. There is potential to be more in everyone. And I think, wowza, wowza, what do you mean by that? Is there really? Because people might now be listening to this in their office with their headphones on, looking around at the mood hoovers in their office and thinking, I'm not sure they've got potential to be better, but maybe they have. What do you mean there's potential to be more in everyone? Well, you know, that sent a shiver up my spine because I still believe that. And it's ironic that I've called my signature event, which is touring the UK, uh, called Ignite Your Inner Potential. And I still believe that if we strip away all this core that we've got, all this nonsense, all this, 
all this sort of um, description, outer description of who we are. When we strip away all that, actually, we are all the same. We are all interconnected. We're all sources of the supreme energy, whatever you want to call that supreme energy. We're all fragmentations, and we all have identical energies within us, identical. Now, what separates those from uh, from those who are successful and those who are not, the victims from the here in life, is mindset. And the mindset comes from our conditioning. So we were born naked. We were born pure. But then what happens is that throughout life, we have this series of conditioning uh, that uh, is uh, impacted upon by your family, your schooling, your work, your where you live, your community, television, media, all this kind of stuff. And we're, essentially, we're brainwashed and hypnotized to believe that we are this. We are the, here. And that's our ego that comes into place. Now, our ego either makes us think that we have a beautiful life, we have a great life, or we have a crap life. Uh, but if you strip all of that away, we all have the same potential to be whoever we want to be, wherever we want to be, whatever we want to be. It's as simple as that. Wow, man. But I, and, and therefore, well, I'm, once again, I agree entirely. And I think I only realize this. I don't know when you got this, mate. I only realized this when I started researching positive psychology. But I think, I think for you, you're not coming at this from an academic perspective. You're coming at this from yeah. a kind of spiritual perspective. Um, perspective really and in fact can I can I give you another quote can I give you another quote man I don't want to bore people with quotes but they're so enlightened um, right here we go this once again nine ten years ago um, my boss has remarked on my ability to get the best out of the department but he has no idea how I do it the truth is <laughs> neither do I all I know is that my love for people the desire to laugh rather than cry and keeping myself grounded through my spiritual outlook um, my spiritual outlook on life works for me, mate. Yeah. Tell me about because I come at this. I come at this from twelve years of academic slog and hundred and twenty thousand words of of thesis. You haven't. You're not burdened with all that. Tell me about the spiritual side. Well, firstly, you know, um, as as we go through life, uh, and if you go into any organisation, any organisation, not just the police service, and the higher up you go the more you are indoctrinated with leadership courses, management styles, models, and policies and strategies of this is how you do whatever it is that you're going to do. And for my, in my case, I was a superintendent. So this is what a superintendent in charge of hundreds of people responsible for critical scenarios, this is how they have to behave. Uh, and, I've, and I think the human mindset, the hum, humanity works within frameworks. We like to compartmentalize everything, right down from religion to politics. We like to compartmentalize everything. That's why we support that team and not that team. And the teams are exactly doing the same thing. So for me, um, this whole concept of who I was and how I behaved as a senior officer came down to people. I recognize that when you are in a position of leadership, Actually, you are in a position where you're impacting on people's lives and not just in the workplace, because whatever I might have a loose conversation that I have no regard for whatsoever, the words that come out of my mouth that are heard by somebody who is junior to me would be words uh, as if they were words from God. They impact that person at such a level that they then take that away with them and they impact on their family, on their friends. And you have a ripple effect. Now, we have a choice. If we're going to have that impact on everybody around us, we have that potential to have a positive ripple effect or a negative ripple effect. When we say, I cannot change the world, 
we're lying to ourselves because we're constantly changing the world. We're constantly impacting on the world. Because <laughs> as human excited, beings, man. we are touching each other. We're interconnected. Well, once again, I mean, that's, that's beautifully said. That's a spiritual way of basically saying um, what I spent 12 years trying to find out, mate. And that is that you... you sorry, can, sorry. You, <laughs> you make it sound so effortless. I, I've sweated tears and blood over this, man. <laughs> you, um, what, I, what I'm basically saying in my message is, is exactly in tune with that, is you cannot not have an impact. Is that mm. every, every time you speak, every time you walk into a room, you are contagious. Um, so your emotions and your words are, are, are going to have an impact. Whether you want them to or not, they are going to have an impact. And okay. I guess ultimately what we're saying is, is is the really successful, the people who make the most of their life are the ones who kind of spread that positive ripple as far as they can. And I call it in, um, well, I think uh, somebody a lot cleverer than me, they, we call it a portable benefit. And, and by a portable benefit, I mean that the two percenters, these really standout positive human beings like your good self, um, that isn't just about work it's it's once it's within you and once you've got that mental frame of mind and once you've got that positive attitude and once you understand the ripple effect then that goes everywhere so it goes home with you it, you can be standing at a queue in Sainsbury's at the supermarket and it's there with you you're impacting on the person next to you you're not even speaking to them the way you stand the way you the way you are will make or break other people's day and I think Absolutely. most people completely underestimate the power of that and as yeah, a leader, absolutely. as a leader, and as a parent, they are the two most impactful situations ever. Yeah, I I think you're you've just hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think I saw a study somewhere where they said your your spoken word only has about seven percent impact, but your body language, your nonverbal communication, the way you stand, the way you hold yourself, has a significantly more impact than your spoken language. So for me, this is not just about oh, I'm saying the right things but actually doing something else, or my body is sending a different message. And I see a lot of coaches doing this in the personal development industry, where they are wearing a mask and they're trying to be a coach. And I see this all the time. So people in the personal development industry will say all the right things, use all the right fancy language. And I don't, I don't do fancy language. I didn't do fancy language in the police service, and I don't do fancy language now. I think people need to hear real language. So people do this, uh, but then their body language is sending off a whole different message. So the impact that they're having on people is not the impact of their words, but the impact of the language that comes from their body, their physiology. And I think that's so very important. We have to recognize that, that our entire being has an impact. And therefore, we have to be responsible and conscious of our entire being of communication. Whoa, your entire being. But isn't that pressure? Does that not put pressure on us, Cull? Does that not mean, oh my gosh, you know, what if... Uh, I, I could look back at my life and the first 35 years of my life, mate, were... I was having a very, very average impact. I could beat myself up over that, could I? I could beat myself over the fact that I had a huge ego several years ago. <laughs> and the moment I started getting stripes and pips on my shoulders, I used to walk past shop windows, you know, in a stride looking at myself, you know? <laughs> but what's the point of that? You know, What is the point of us looking back, anchoring ourselves to something that we've done in the past? When actually we've only have responsibility for what we're doing in the here and now, which builds a concrete for the found, a concrete foundation for what we're going to do in the future, and that's yeah, the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think uh, it's a Robert Holden. He says something like, Every, "Anybody who's reached the ripe old age of thirty has got enough reasons to be miserable for the rest of their life." You know, we've all got baggage. We've all made yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, just uh, tell me, because you're selling yourself as an immersion coach. You're, I've already said you're dominating my Facebook uh, page with your Facebook Live and all your events are all around the place. 
the seeker of truth. I would say you are Britain's answer to Tony Robbins, except you're like <laughs> properly real. <laughs> you're not. You're, and I um, don't swear as much. <laughs> tell me, tell me about an immersion coach, mate. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, tell me what you're doing now. What is because you've left one career. The other thing about the two percenters, mate, you had to tick a box whether you had a job, a career, or a calling. And obviously, okay. every single two percenter ended up ticking the calling box so you didn't leave the police force because you were unhappy you left it at your prime it, you know so most people wouldn't do that most people would kind of hang in there but you left it to pursue another calling so what are you doing now mate what on earth is an immersion coach <laughs> well i just got to a stage in my policing career where i look back and i i i i, I thought through how much of an impact am I really making in the world? Now, policing is a very, very important industry. And uh, it's, a, it's not an industry, it's a service. It really is a service about serving people. Uh, and I'm still very proud to have been part of the best police service in the world. And I still believe that to this day. <laughs> but I, I thought back and I thought, am I really making an impact? Now, as a senior officer, I've been in the middle of riots. I have seen life at its very, very darkest moments. I've seen communities broken down. I've seen individuals and families whose lives have been torn apart by some awful thing that's happened to them. And what was my what was my role within that? My role was to deliver justice, to seek out truth, to get the evidence, to deliver justice. And I realized that what I was doing was reacting. I was responding and reacting. I wasn't actually changing anything. I was just getting justice, which is an important job in itself. But I wanted to do more. I wanted to, I wanted to, and I have this strap line in my head and hear this strap line. I want to change the world through the transformation of how we think. That is this huge strap line that just suddenly came into our world. And I asked myself the question, am I going to do that as a police officer? No, I'm not. The truth of the matter is, no, I'm not. And how am I going to do that? The only way I'm going to do that is by sharing my message, by hitting people on a one-to-one and helping them to reshape the way they think by standing in front of as many people as I could, by reaching out through digital uh, uh, media to, to reach out and spread this message as often as I can for people to regard their life from different perspectives and say, well, it might not change this way, but it might change this way. So this is what I do. Immersion coaching for me came about when, you know, I got all my coaching qualifications. I think I've got four coaching qualifications now. In every single one, the traditional approach to coaching has been taught, i.e., you get a client, the client comes to you for an hour, uh, you have an intense coaching session for an hour, you then come up with some homework that the client will go away and do. They come back to you after they've done the homework in a couple of weeks, and you continue, and it does work. It absolutely does work. But I wanted to do something far more intense than that, far deeper, far more intense. And from my own experience, I used to be a, a, a commander for high-level operations like you know, firearms operations, critical operations, managing football matches, managing public order, all this kind of stuff, some really intense life and death decision-making uh, processes that I had to be in command of. In order for me to train effectively and be effective as a leader in that, I had to go through what we called immersion training, where you immerse yourself in that environment very often on these courses, we'd be there at 8 o'clock in the morning, still be working till 10 o'clock at night. We thought about nothing else. And I thought, I wonder if I can apply this to coaching. So what I've come up with now is um, I've come up with immersion coaching, which is where I take my clients and we lock ourselves away in the room. I've got one tomorrow, 
And essentially what we will do, we'll go into a hotel, we will lock ourselves in a meeting room at nine o'clock in the morning. We will not uh, go out to eat. We will have sandwiches in the room so we don't lose our focus. We'll continue and we won't stop until about six or seven o'clock at night. So what do I do in that period? I do three, six things. I go through six, six uh, stages. Firstly, it's recognizing that most of us actually don't know who we are. We really don't know ourselves at our deepest level. So I, I go into the values, really understanding what values drive your behavior and drive your thinking. And then I do a personality profile, but then I coach them through the, the, the findings of that personality profile. What's your pre preference state, uh, preference uh, for personality? Are you an introvert, extrovert, all these kind of things? Then I look at what I think is the most important thing if, if, if you want to move forward successfully. And that is knowing your foundation, which is your purpose in life. Why did God put you on this planet? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you want to do what you want to do? So really knowing that purpose and coming up with a strap line that really defines that purpose. And then I uh, develop a crystal sharp image of where it is you want to be in, in X amount of years, three or five years. And really, and not just in one specific area. This is not just about making money. This is not about uh, having a business. This is not about having that ideal relationship. It's about everything. Because I have dealt with, I have had clients who are millionaires, but then the rest of their life is in tatters or their health is in tatters. So you have to look everything, at everything in the round. So that's what I do. So we have this crystallized image. Uh, of what it is to be like in three or five years, uh, years in your ideal um, vision. And once we've crystallized that, we then identify all the language inside your head that is going to prevent you or is holding you back right now to get you to where you want to get to. And once we've done all of that, once we've done the cleanup inside your head, what we then do is we work backwards from the five or three year vision to where you are right now and we create a roadmap moving forward again and in in essence what happens at the end of it all is that the client walks away with a monthly action plan for the next three or five years to get to exactly where they want to get to <laughs> three process and it blows their mind and then we then we meet up again in another four weeks time uh, they will have sent their roadmap to me i will have assessed it critiqued it then we meet up in in another four weeks time we tweak it again if we need to we look at what actions they've taken, why they've not taken those actions, what's the, what we need to overcome to get through the inertia and to build the momentum moving forward. And then I always surprise my clients with one thing. I've launched a, my motivational event called Ignite Inner Potential. And one of the values that I hold is always lift as you climb. So whereas um, so many people advising me have said you should always have recognized established speakers on the stage as your guest speakers, I say no. I always want people who have never spoken before because I want to put them in the deep end, get them on a stage in front of hundreds of people and get them speaking just like a motivational speaker. And I coach them through that. So those are normally my immersion coaching clients. And they're normally shocked when I say that. <laughs> Mate, I'll be tweeting. That's my tweet of the day. Always lift as you climb. What a fantastic uh, motto or mantra or whatever you want to call it. It's a beautiful thing. And I think I, I, you have just beautifully clarified the difference between a coach and I get the I get what coaching is. And I, uh, you know, I'm not very good at it. I don't do it, but I get what it is and its value. But immersion coaching sounds to be a completely different beastie, really, because you're taking the person and properly immersing them in who they really are, where they're, yeah. what their, what their, what their purpose is. I mean, like you say, most people haven't got a clue what, what why they're here. Uh, you know, what their job purpose or what their life purpose is, and then getting them to kind of go for it, really. 
Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think life is a very short and precious gift. And I think that to most people, we sit there in life, life's, hurt, life's hurtling by in a blur. And we don't ever have time to think about who we are, where we're going and how we're going to get there. So I think yours is not just a gentle reminder. It's like a proper wake-up call. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I uh, pride myself in I'm an action taker. In fact, my, my, my saying is hashtag do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and people shout this to me in the street yeah. nowadays, hashtag do it now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm an action taker. People say to me, how have you achieved this? How have you achieved this? And I say, I just decided I was going to do it and I've just gone for it. I'm not special. I'm not unique. I am not, uh, you know, gifted with all sorts of special knowledge, magical knowledge. I just do it. And it's as simple as that. If we all just did it, we would all get somewhere. <sighs> but we don't all do it, do we? And that's the difference, mate. That's the difference. Cool. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, the other th the other thing that I will share with the with the listeners is uh, that you uh, you took zero sick leave in line with all the other two presenters. So actually, being really positive, being really upbeat, being of that mindset is really good for your health as well. And I think that's another big part of what you do is is uh, linking your spirituality with your physical health. And can I leave you with one more quote, mate? And I'll sum it up. And this will just kind of park it really. Um, so I've already alluded to the fact that back in the day, 10 years ago, you were already doing your dream job. So there was a question, is this your dream job? And you said, yes. It's. So bear in mind, this is when you were a police officer. Yes, it is. It's. It has been for the past 30 years. However, yeah. having done this job for so long, I've realized that what I really enjoy is the people, both those that I work with and the communities I protect. This has helped me realize my next dream job after I retire about becoming a life coach and inspirational speaker. Wow. As I can think, as I think I have a message to share with the world to make it a better place. Boom. Oh, wow. They are the words of Cole Mahay <laughs> 10 years ago. And here you are, my friend, sitting at the other end of Skype, making the dream happen, moving from one dream job to another. And I think proving to the world that taking action really really works so Cole yeah. immersion coach changer of the world original two percenter and I'm proud to say good buddy of mine thanks for joining us today thank you so much and Andy the one thing that we haven't talked about is the impact that you had on my life you know we met when I was in the police service I'd heard about you and the stuff that you were doing with Art of Brilliance I loved what I'd heard straight away and I think I invited you in to talk to one of my diploms and then I invited you into a, another diploma <laughs> But I'll never forget one thing that you said to me, and I think it was when I was uh, in charge of contact management, and I was just introducing you, and I'll never forget what you said, and it really made me sit back and, 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 and think deep, because I was introducing you, and I used to get into, when I started talking, it was very difficult for me to stop talking, but I was giving you this big uh, you know, introduction. And I remember you taking me away uh, uh, to one side later on in the day. I thought, oh, my goodness, he's going to have a go at me because I spent, uh, spent so long introducing him. And you said, mate, I listened to the way that you introduced me. Why do you need me here? Because you could do this yourself. And that was an inspiration for me. And, um, and that really sort of made me believe in myself that I could do what I dreamt of doing. Dude, the dream is happening. Well, thanks for that lovely feedback as well. I mean, it's not supposed to be about me today. It's entirely about you. You are changing the world. I would ask anybody to follow you on Twitter and get on the Facebook and get themselves booked on on one of your courses. They look like great fun. Cool. Thanks ever so much, mate. You take care and have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you so much, Andy. Great to speak to you, mate. All the very best to you. 
And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts. Thank you.